clean outside mates. Lower your iPod and surrender your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. The farthest reaches of the galaxy. One of the most remote outposts available. This is where the adventure is. This is where heroes are made. Right here. In the wilderness. Welcome to Trekmate in the Wilderness. A podcast that discusses all things Deep Space Nine. With two Australians from the wilderness discussing the wilderness that is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We cannot ignore the truth about the past. This wilderness is my home. Hello and welcome to episode zero of Trekmate in the Wilderness. My name's Wayne Emery. And I'm Cena Alvarado. And I would like to introduce our two newest family members from the other end of the world. Please say hello to JD and Fez. Good morning, I'm JD. I'm Fez. Hi. Good day. Good day, yeah. Good day. <laughs> Good Hi, now. Get all the stereotypical <laughs> stuff out of the way. Put another shrimp on the barbie. We don't call them shrimp. That's the thing that irks us. We we never call them shrimp. It's yeah. all we call They're them prawns. Prawns. Yeah, but yeah, but prawns are the small ones, surely, and the shrimps are the big ones. No, no prawns are the big ones. Prawns we don't differentiate down here. <laughs> all prawns. They're all prawns. <laughs> King prawns. King prawns. Tiger prawns. They're all just prawns. See, okay then. Uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, no, that's a spoon. Uh, okay. <laughs> you played knifey spoony before. Certainly <laughs> have. Believe it or not, one of my favourite episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs> oh dear. Excellent. <laughs> And, uh, and we've got rest already. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> that's the thing. What else would you expect? Now, uh, I know what everyone's initial thought is: is oh my god, there's another Trekmate podcast. Of and course. yeah, that's the thing. What else would you expect? We've still got days in the week left. And to be honest, I am so happy to have you guys on board. Because we're just happy to be involved. Yeah, no, you two have uh, got something very special uh, lined up for us. Do you want to uh, give the listeners an outlay of what you guys are going to be providing each week for us? Well, basically, one of the main things we're going to be doing, which I'm looking forward to, is doing a commentary on an episode each episode, um, each week. First, sorry to interrupt. We're going to be talking about Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, our, that's our core focus. We're going to be talking Deep Space Nine. Yes. And now, continue. Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, so we're going to be picking a topic each week to discuss, and then what we're going to be doing is watching an episode that revolves around that topic, 
and commentating on it like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 sort of thing. So um, every episode we'll be saying what it is, hunt, grab your DVD, throw it in. At some point we'll do a commentary. We're also going to be doing um, finding weird and wonderful Star Trek related merchandise on eBay and picking it apart and laughing at it. <laughs> That's the thing. That sounds good to me because there is some pap out there. Oh, there's some absolutely fantastic stuff. We've had a quick look, and between inflatable chairs and salt and pepper shakers, we've, we've got no shortage of material for that one. No, no, no. Tell me the truth. Both of you are sitting in, in inflatable captain's chairs right now as you record this. We thought about it. With our latex Picard mask on. <laughs> well, with your electronic tooth sharpness. That's the ready. I thought about wearing my uniform this morning, but it's not, it's not a video podcast. Yeah, but still, you would have felt better for it. I would have, but it's pretty early. Sorry, Jacqueline. Uh, Cena? I said, don't give Wayne any ideas. Every time he comes up with an idea, everybody in the Trekmate family just kind of ducks because we're just wondering what he's going to toss at us. <laughs> well, now he's dug up to Australians, so anything's possible. <laughs> I know. Well, in, way, in case you don't know, it's all Wayne's fault. And it's oh, always absolutely. Wayne's fault. So if anything goes wrong, it's Wayne's fault. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it, it's the go-to for any cop-out reason that uh, something's gone wrong on your pod, Cena. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this is good to know. We've got a scapegoat. I'm happy Excellent. about this. That's the thing. You, you've, you've got your... Uh, you've got your uh, scapegoat in the, in the British Isles that you can send any blame over to whenever you just forward any hate mail to trekmate1701 at gmail.com <laughs> we'll, we'll be more than happy to uh, delete it <laughs> do y'all have an idea of uh, we, would you like to give the listeners some some topics or themes that you'll be discussing in in the next few weeks? Absolutely. Give me one second. I've got a list jotted down just here. As soon as I bring it up, just give me one moment. As soon as I find it. Okay. Obviously, the simple one's going to be why we like Deep Space Nine the best. Um, going to talk about Morn just for fun. Morn. One week. Oh, um, yeah. What if Jadzia Dax hadn't died? How different would the last season have been? That's one that we're looking at. Um, Maura Pazlar, we're going to have a bit of a chat about her and how things would have been if she'd been stayed around. Section 31, is it contrary to Jean's vision? Um, going to talk about the awesome use of recurring characters and the extended cast. Um, oh. and things also, like that. And also the first episode, you're discussing Q. We are discussing Q and why you only made the one appearance and whether or not it worked. So that'll be next week. We're already very excited about that one. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Will you take uh, listener suggestions? Absolutely. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> any any episodes, if somebody just wants us to do a straight-up episode review for a real-time review, happy to do it. Anybody's got a suggestion, talk about this topic, happy to do it. Excellent. As long as it's Deep Space Nine or can be tied to something Deep Space Nine related. So you're more than happy to discuss uh, The Caretaker. Yeah, we can discuss his relation to the prophets. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we'll just make it up and we'll watch one little ship just for the fun of it. <laughs> so, um, 
what is your guys' uh, history like with, with Trek then? With Trek? Okay, yeah. well, I started watching Star Trek back in 92, I believe. I came in with the best of both worlds. Um, my mother was renting random science fiction videos for me. She rented a couple of real big, great things and how came old in. You? I'm sorry, how uh, old were you in 92? I was nine? nine years old. Yes. I turned 10 at the end of 92. Um, yeah, so I watched The Best of Both Worlds, thought, wow, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. And then she rented me Star Wars. So for the next year and a half, I was a Star Wars fanatic, as 10-year-old boys tend to do. That's totally understandable. But then one night, one Friday night in 1994, when I was, I would have been in year six, the equivalent down here is, and Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country came on the TV, just randomly on television one night. I sat and watched that, and to be honest, that movie changed my life. I wasn't a Star Wars fan anymore. From that night on, I was a Trekkie. That's that's brilliant, and that is such a brilliant jumping-on point. What what, oh, did, I, what what drew you to that movie specifically? Um, what did you I'm like? Really cool. Eighteen years later, <laughs> I just remember, I really enjoyed like all the political stuff. I mean, as a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old kid. I couldn't really understand what was happening. I was just really intrigued with the story. Obviously, Captain Kirk is Captain Kirk. I just really enjoyed it. And then from there, I started watching the rest of the movies. And fun story, segue, as to how I got involved with Deep Space Nine. I was collecting the videos of the movies at the time. My mum's friend said, what Star Trek video do you need? I said, look, I don't have, I think, two, three, and four I needed at the time. So instead of buying me Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, she bought me Deep Space Nine Volume 4. And that's oh. how I started watching Deep Space Nine. And it was just, as they say, the rest is history. What um, episodes would that have been then? That was QLS and Dax. <laughs> oh, that's a nice time for your first episode then. That's what I thought after we decided to do it. Excellent. Excellent. So, excellent. And, so ha- okay. have you watched all of, all of Trek? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to the point where my daughter's name's Esri, so... How did you wing that one? I'm not entirely sure. I think I just... I don't know how I won that. I think she was just overcome with emotion when she was born and said, let's do it. (laughs) That's the thing. Strike when she's weak. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it, and it's so cliched, but I honestly believe I've forgotten more about Star Trek than a lot of casual fans will know. I mean, I sing to my son in Klingon. (laughs) <laughs> as his good night song have done since he was a baby so yes star trek is a very big part of my life that is that is brilliant and is that the um song from is it uh what what one is it is it descent no it isn't descent uh, way, uh, the warrior oh from way of the warrior yeah when wolf's sitting with the drunken klingon and they sing the song i'm not going to sing it i might sing it on a later drunk wilderness pod um and yeah they're singing and they headbutt at the end he's a yeah, just trying to get information. He's an old friend of the House of Moog. So you've always appreciated the Klingon Masterclass, then? Oh, absolutely. Even though I can probably teach it. Um, yeah, I, I bought the Klingon Dictionary right. when I was, I think, 12 years old, and I've just yeah, been always into the Klingons. So were you wanting to correct Wayne's pronunciation, then? Um, it's pretty good. He's pretty good. In one pod a few weeks ago, he was actually singing Hear Signs of Kaelis, and I was listening to that as I was doing my dishes, and I started singing along, 
as I'm washing the dishes, singing in Klingon. It was great. And my son actually sang along with two of the words. I don't Brilliant. know if that's sad. No, no, that's beautiful. That That is. How old are your children? Uh, my son is two and a half and my daughter's almost one. Oh, that's even more beautiful. <laughs> Getting get it in there young. Yeah, he sings along the line with, um, with, with the bit where they shout, Coo! He puts his arms up and goes, Coo! He loves it. <laughs> Excellent. The only word he knows. Oh, so, so, what about yourself, Fez? Where did it I, all start? Myself, I'm a bit older than JD. Um, so, but um, I was a Star Wars nerd kid as well. Um, remember going to see Jedi at the cinema. That's how old I am as a little kid. Um, but I remember one night being very bored and flicking through TV channels. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but it was a 25th anniversary, I think it was, special about Star Trek was on. And I sort of sat back and watched it, and um, it was interesting, but all the way through it, they had little bits and pieces about the next generation was starting mm-hmm. soon, I think it was. And um, I just remember the very next night, was Encounter at Farpoint was on TV. And I went, oh, that was that show from last night that they were hyping. Um, I'll watch it. And I was hooked on TNG from then. Um, I can't remember how old I was, so don't ask. Probably about 12 or so, maybe. That would have been 87, 88. Yeah, so 12. 12 or so, yeah. Old. <laughs> Excellent. So I was hooked from there. Um, um, Joining the local Star Trek fan club, um, became the vice president, <laughs> and um, sadly under me, my vice presidency it disbanded. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, from there, like went on to DS9, and the second, the first episode from DS9, I was hooked, um, loved it. And then once, like we, I always say the rule of Star Trek is. It doesn't get good till maybe the second or third season. It's so true. That's the thing. People who uh, like jump on and don't give a series enough of a chance after just the first season, they're missing out yeah. so much because there isn't and, any Trek that doesn't get good until about season three. And that's why I always say that no one gives a toss about toss. Yeah. <laughs> but saying but saying that TOS is probably strongest in season one and two. Yeah. Season three was awful. Yeah. I'm just doing an original series rewatch at the moment. Last night I watched The Devil in the Dark, which is towards the end of the first season, and there are some really strong episodes in that first season. Oh, season, season one and two are absolutely uh, brilliant. There's so many good episodes that uh, I enjoy from there. But season three, uh, I've been on my season three rewatch now for about four and a half months. I just. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm just having to take it slow. <laughs> so, so I've moved on to TNG and Enterprise to uh, keep me uh, uh, keep me um, going. So still, be careful on shades of grey. <laughs> That's the thing. No, uh, to be honest, I'm prepared. I I know that I can uh, put up with uh, shades of grey for one watch every ten years. It's like Spock's brain. You have to watch it every now and then. <laughs> and that's the thing. You have to remind yourself of uh, how things can get better. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like just going and doing a complete season one rewatch of The Next Generation. Yeah, no, that's... it's. Uh, 
Well, that's what I've just finished. All right. <laughs> that's what I've just finished, season one. I'm on... Uh, Not through it. Yeah, that's the thing. I've, uh, I've coped, I've managed, I'm there. So, but still, no. I, uh, To be honest, I don't hold season one of TNG in that much of a bad regard. Now, there are some good episodes in there. Well, it's what got me hooked. So I, I can't give it that bad thing, so... Held it was Tasha Yar, some of it. Mm. Uh, that's the thing, Tasha Yar, I never uh, held any sort of disregard to, uh, like a, a lot of people do. When I was younger, about the time when I first got into it, Tasha Yar was actually my favourite character. Well, that's understandable. That's understandable. She, is, she was a fairly strong character. I just think that maybe she was expecting too much development too soon because they didn't develop anyone in season no. one. No. Nah, God, no. I think the only person that got any sort of development in that first season was Wesley Crusher. Or Picard. Or Captain Picard. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And the thing is with Wesley, I'm not a Wesley hater. I'm not a Wesley hater whatsoever. Uh, I just think that they made him rescue the ship a few too many times. He was too much of a central focus when there were hundreds of other trained, capable officers. Yes. I'm sorry. I remember going to the cinema and watching Toy Story and cheering when Will Whitten gets shot. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time now, as I've grown up, I'm a massive Will Wheaton fan, but so in that sort of regard, I'm sort of like leaning now a little bit more towards Wesley. I can understand. It's like, it's not that bad. I am not now, nor will I ever be a Wesley Crusher ah. fan. I think he gets a lot better as the seasons go on. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's one of those prejudice things. He's a Time Lord. How can you not love him? Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> There's your crossover. He's, a, he's got his Sonic screwdriver. It's got a tricorder. Same. same difference. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, so did you? Uh, so, is Deep Space Nine also your favourite series yeah. out of them all? Yeah, most definitely. Um, when it started getting what really good, like Way of the Warrior, that political, and it, to me, it became a running storyline that actually one episode did have consequences to the next episode, which I love in a TV series. I hate, I hate like bottle, ep- well, I call bottle episodes. Everybody calls them bottle episodes. Where it's like, it didn't matter what happened in an episode, the next episode, the status quo was the same at the start. Which, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but the next generation was notorious for. Look at yeah. the inner light, which I know is one of your favourite episodes, Wayne. Yes. He lives this entire life in his head in 20 minutes, and yet if you look at the star dates and work it out, it's about a week later, everything's fine. Yeah, no, that's, the thing is, uh, there was... I, I loved uh, the episode Family. Yes, yeah, because it's a follow-up. It shows the consequences. Yes, exactly. I love to see consequences, and there were so many things that happened in TNG that were so big, so much that would have affected the lives of the crew, but were forgotten the next week. I think so, that's a lot why I prefer Deep Space Nine, because it, it is that continuing story. Yeah. From yeah. about... The search right through to what you leave behind—it's one story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, that's the thing. It's it really is. And the, so how did you guys feel with regards to Deep Space Nine about the amount of uh, spirituality 
that it had in there. I, don't know, I had no real problem with it. I don't know. Um, uh, I've never really thought about it, actually, to be honest. Um, but it is a, such a strong element of the show, and something we do talk about in the first our first episode about Q Square. Um, Q QS. QS. Sorry. Oh God. I'm not the person that's got to remember episode names or anything like that. That's JD's job. <laughs> I'm the <CEO. laughs> That's the thing. As long as you've got the episode that you're doing written down in front of you, you're fine. That's He'll be fine. It's in the DVD case. He'll work it out. But no, um, <laughs> as for the spirituality, I as well never no. really thought about it until probably about six months ago when I sat down and actually thought about it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But it's... Not really something that I ever considered because they are also the wormhole aliens, so it's not just a bunch of religious fanatics out there doing their thing. These gods exist. It's a stone cold fact they're in that wormhole. Whether or not they're gods or wormhole aliens, I thought was a really interesting thing. And Cisco's position on it in particular mm-hmm. is a very interesting. We should do an entire pod on that. Yeah. Oh, you you definitely should because to be honest, I and. Unlike a lot of people, I really uh, did enjoy that sort of aspect of it. Like with, and it was yeah, with like what you leave behind. I even though I wanted to see more of an action-packed ending to DS Nine, something more akin to the end of season five. Yes. Um, but I personally uh, didn't mind the uh, ending that they did go with because it tied back into like the emissary that's that sort of feel definitely brought everything full circle yeah which is tng as well yeah all good things did the same thing Mm. yeah so i don't see how anyone could actually uh like (laughs) be down on deep space nine for that my only qualm with that last episode with what you leave behind Mm-hmm. is Worf should have killed Galdukat. Yes. Because Galdukat killed Worf's wife. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, I think that would have been a much nicer touch because Worf should have wanted to have broke his neck there and then. Exactly. But there was never anything about Worf like, in the whole season after Jadzia died. There was never anything about Worf going after his wife's killer. No, it, it was almost like he became a little bit neutered. He did, which, I mean, it's understandable. He just lost the love of his life, but... Well, that's the thing, but it, surely the Klingon in him would want revenge over well, anything. Look at when Kalar died. He went straight after Duras and buried that batleth in his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, still. I suppose they were married less than a year, so not that much time to... Uh... <laughs> She was his baby's mummy. Kayla. Yeah. yeah. That's different. I still think, I mean, from a story perspective, yes, it, Goldicutt's ending was perfect for the way it should have happened. Mm-hmm. But from a Klingon fan perspective, Worf should have killed him. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Though, that's the thing. I haven't got a problem with how uh, Goldicutt did go down. But still, oh, I think it would have been more fitting if, Worf had got some form of retribution. Yeah. I mean, there was the episode, I think it's Shadows and Symbols, where they go on the mission to get her into Stovacore. So that mm-hmm. kind of ties that in. But no, he should have gone after some sort of revenge. 
That's the thing, because they could have easily replaced, uh, because obviously Ducat, like, got the par wraiths, like, full, like, control over him or whatever, but they could have easily turned around and made it so that Kai Wynn actually took on the par wraiths and became, like, this even more super evil bitch than she already was. Yeah, she's a bitch. (laughs) But in season five, they tried, they started to soften her a little bit. The thing but is, then they turned her back into the evil bitch, yeah. so I don't know what happened there. We'll get to that when we talk about Rapture. Yeah, but I feel with uh, Kai Wynn, it's a question of she, in like any good villain, she 100% believed that what she was doing was right. And that's the perfect mark of a villain. I'm sorry, yes. but every, every great villain is in their own mind right. Yeah. You look at Doom. He just wants his, or Dr. Doom, um, he just wants his parents back, his yep. mum back, and all that sort of thing. Magneto in, sorry, I'm a comic book nerd. Uh, Magneto. You're in good company. Yeah, Magneto just wants mutant rights and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Even with Patrick, all Khan mm-hmm. wanted was for, Khan believed Khan was doing the right thing for the world. Yeah. He didn't think anybody else could rule properly. Yeah. So he felt he needed to do it. Which, I mean, credit to whoever created that character, the writer escapes me at the moment. But that's the mark of a perfect villain. Yes. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing. The perfect villains are ones that do that, but then also don't know that they're batshit crazy. Well, that's it, yeah. Again, Khan. He thought he was he was fine and everyone else was the problem. Same as Kai Win, Same as everybody. Yeah. Well, no, just like... <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And it's totally understandable. So I'm looking forward to getting your guys... Uh, insights into that so yeah I was just going to say you guys have got such a brilliant rapport how long have you you two known each other four five years something like that yeah Um, maybe longer six years well we'll get it out now how we actually know each other through professional wrestling (laughs) nothing wrong with that mate I love wrestling no um we were, we've both been involved with the local independent level wrestling here in Australia for a while. Oh, cool. And I, I, yeah, and I was a manager and a commentator, and Fez came in as a manager and a commentator. We both ended up working together because I was running the shows, mm-hmm. and we were doing commentary together and just being friends that way. And then I've stopped. I've since stopped running the shows because it just wasn't viable anymore. Mm-hmm. And because we do have that past working together, broadcasting and recording commentary, yeah. rather, we just wanted to keep doing something, which is how this all came about really. and we through many discussions of the night found out that we're both we always say we're the only two DS9 fans we know well that's yeah but you are you are in the wilderness true. we are in the wilderness very true, much yeah. so hence we're the out, name of the pod we're out in the bush <laughs> so uh, so I, you guys never stepped into the square circle and took any bumps yourself then I did once yeah. I had one match as a manager against another manager. I called it. You co- Fez commentated it. <laughs> and how did it go? Um, the crowd really enjoyed it, so that's all that matters. It was never going to be a technical classic, but no, it was part of an ongoing feud. Of The story was I was trying to run the company and the other manager was trying to control the company. That standard old storyline. Yeah. It all culminated, culminated in English. English. It's a beautiful thing. In a match, and 
yeah, crowd got into it. I won. It was great. And then we stopped running shows. Yeah. And um, one of my jobs for a little while was being the plant in the crowd that got the little guys thrown at because I'm a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I used to sit there and twice, yeah, it happened twice, I'd have to catch catch flying young wrestlers um, who would be watching to the crowd. Oh, no, that's brilliant. There's definitely something just romantic about the uh, indie scene. Oh, no, we're breaking kayfabe. We're, we're gone. Luckily, we're, luckily wrestling, our wrestling careers are over. That's a shame. <laughs> but, yeah, no, romantic's one way to describe it. Uh, uh, no, there's no... Yeah, but the, unfortunately, it's so much hard work and uh, not a lot of payoff. I, I learnt that the hard way. <laughs> oh. Definitely at the hard way. But still... Uh, my hat's off to you for going there and doing it. Yeah, well... Nothing risks, nothing yeah. gained. Well, that's right. Yeah, no, so still, yeah, but best. without that, you two wouldn't be uh, sitting here uh, joining the network, so... Well, that's right. True. So, oh, rest of these stick over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, Unfortunately, Cena's dropped off of the call. <laughs> she's had a family um, crisis. <laughs> is that what happened? I oh, thought she just couldn't get a word in. <laughs> Normally, that would be true. <laughs> it's, it's not as if uh, I don't uh, talk that much. And, and listening to your podcast, you guys have got so much to say. Oh, so much to say. We, we could almost do a daily pod. The problem is, actually, while we were talking before, I just thought of something, another podcast for us. What's that? Mm-hmm. Wolf the Player. He's had almost more women than bloody um, Riker. That'd be close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a bit of a bit of a lad, the old wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so it just popped in my head. I was thinking, okay, he's had her, he's had her, he's had her. <laughs> he kind of the drawing that was. Yeah. Yeah, but even uh, what what's the name of the planet in season one? Nice planet. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's got the women on both arms there. You can't tell me he didn't have his way with every one of those women. <laughs> no, well, you can't blame them though. Worf's a very attractive man. He's a big, burly bloke. He is. Yeah. With a crab on his head. <laughs> no, one of our is actually the, um, the love story between Worf and Jadzia. So that'll be an interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. But speaking of Worf though, for me, uh, I never actually got into Deep Space Nine until Worf joined. Because you you really uh, saw... Uh, for me, Deep Space Nine got introduced to me with... Because Worf was being introduced to all of the characters, all of the situations, it was a good jump-on point. It was a perfect jump-on point for everyone. Well, the thing is, The Way of the Warrior could almost be the first episode of a completely different series. Because seasons 1, 2, and 3, and 4 through 7, they're two completely different shows. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't think that they totally disregard everything that uh, came before. But yeah, no. they, they you don't need seeing the early stuff to really understand from four onwards. Because as you say, Worf comes in and gets introduced to everybody and everything. So it's a great place to start, which is, as you say, what you did. Yeah, personally, I was at an age where I couldn't appreciate Deep Space Nine um, during season one and two. Uh, when it was first on, because by that point I was still 
I was about 10. I was about 10 or 11, and I was very much the TNG fan. And then I jumped straight onto Voyager because it had that sort of uh, TNG feel. Voyager, or as we call it down here in the wilderness, the next, next generation. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But that's the thing. Uh, from that point, though, I was hooked because how could you not fall in love with that space station after the uh, battle with the Klingons? Oh, definitely. It's and One of the running gags when I was actually in the Star Trek fan club was I'm a, I'm a massive Kira mark. I used to say I was. They used to call us nanites. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you were the nanites. nanites. I like it. Yeah. And um, it used to be a running gag was every episode, the first time she'd appear, especially in the Mirror Mirror universe, was I'd be up the back doing a Homer Simpson drool. I was a little bit older. I was about 16 or so. So um, So you were in love with the intended. Yes. And um, when Way of the Warriors started, that first episode, when this said, all those Klingon ships uncloak. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone's sort of like going, oh, oh, and then up the back, you can just hear me going, because oh. it was about to get real. <laughs> yeah, and, um, it was just like, wow, because a sixteen-year-old kid, all that violence, Cleons, yeah, that was the greatest thing ever. Well, it's that, it's that moment when Jed Z is sitting at the comm station. They go, they trans, they transmitted just one word out to the fleet and char. It's just sort of said, it means begin, and then they're off yeah. on their way to Cardassia to kill everything. Uh, that's a great episode. I can't wait to do The Way of the Warrior. Well, yeah. one of my bits of trivia about it, sorry to go along because we're just down those babble to each other, <laughs> is they ran out, apparently, because it was all life models they used, they ran out of Klingon ships. So that's why they kept cloaking and no, decloaking? they had to go to a hobby store and they were buying, like, kits. Oh, really? Model kits and building them to use as ships in the battle. And all For The Way of the Warrior? Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Maybe an urban legend, I don't know, but it sounds cool. It's a great story, either way. I was going to say, even if that's not true, that's a bit of trivia that uh, I would be feeding to anyone who will listen. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's absolutely classic. Uh, But, uh, and to be honest, uh, the size of that fleet, uh, Cardassia didn't have a chance. No. no. Well, they were Klingons as well. They could have just been one bird of prey. Yeah, <laughs> Klingons are like the Wolverine of the Star Trek universe. <laughs> they will just keep fighting you until you're dead. Yes. <laughs> and the thing is, though, with the size of that fleet, really, I don't think they planned it because anyone could have attacked Kronos and they would have been fucked. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, even old Patan-class ships in yeah, there. Yeah, It's like, let's go over everything. Let's... Every ship we can find. But think about the Klingon mindset. They'd be a hell of... They, their fleet and their military would be bigger than everybody else's combined, surely. Plus, in that attack, I reckon it was all the old 60-year-old Klingons that hadn't died yet and were like, this is my chance! This is my chance to get into Stover Call. Let's go! That's the thing. They're the ones that would have, uh, like, just for no reason, been just ramming into the planet. <laughs> oh, you know they would have. And now I just have this vision... Of these poor old seventy-year-old dad's army Klingons stuck, <laughs> stuck on Kronos, <laughs> the protectors, and all that. Having why don't we not have that show? What, Dad, dad's army Klingon. Dad's army Klingon style. Um, mate, y- you have got me sold. Mister Gail, Ron. Stop. Ah. That was no, a bit weird. No, 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 no dude, I'm gonna fucking have to get someone to animate that now. 
I'm glad you approve. It's starting perfect. These little, the Klingon triangles. Yep. The Klingon symbols going across like a map in Federation. <laughs> oh, dear. No, it's this like, is... I lost the late years. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. No, to be Golden Girls bloke with Hura, Janice Rand. Uh, Nurse Chapel. Uh, no, but as I was saying... Our, Sorry, we'll get back on topic now. Our podcast is a very serious podcast. Yes. <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, no, that's the thing. To be honest, I, I'm expecting nothing but uh, the, uh, the the most sophisticated, <laughs> enlightening podcasts <laughs> from yourselves. It, it'll be somewhere in between. <laughs> it's a piece take that we love. Yeah. Oh, I'm just worried that our real-time reviews are just going to turn into nitpickers episodes. Nah. Yeah, but the thing is, it's good. I enjoy uh, nitpicking stuff in the sense of uh, j- just pointing out random stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have picked up just by watching the episode. Because before I started doing episode reviews, I was so forgiving of stuff. And then re-watching them, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we noticed, like, even... The episode we're watching, when Vash is becoming old and all that, and Gripple, there's this woman just standing there watching, laughing, <laughs> just in the background, and it's like, you heartless bitch. You're not even poor woman. No, they all just sort of stand around. It's Standing around watching. Yeah, yeah, this is why my wife refuses to watch Star Trek with me. Because I get angry when things are wrong. I am that fan, and she hates it. Yeah, but now as long as you've got a mic in front of you, it's gold. Well, that's right. <laughs> I get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning. Come over. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording a pod. I'm gonna rant. Oh, I didn't. Phone and text it to you. True. Uh, so whereabouts in Oz are you? We're in Newcastle, which um, we're about two hours north of Sydney. Yeah, that's the easiest way to say it. Uh, where I think. We're the biggest non-capital city in Australia. Yeah, we've got about 400,000 people. Now, anyone from any other city in Newcastle that says they're bigger than us, screw you. (laughs) Yeah. We'll fire. We're we're about, yeah, two hours north of Sydney is the best way to describe it. Excellent. So you're just a little bit inland then? No, we're right on the... On the coast? Oh, on the coast. Oh, okay. Yeah, just two hours straight up the coast, you find us. Yeah. And if any of our listeners want to say hello, you're welcome to. I'll be at the pub on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. And uh, but saying that, uh, to be honest, I'm really looking forward to just seeing what uh, what random items you're going to be finding each week as well in your collectible section. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yes, and scary. Our first one's going to be a bit disturbing. <laughs> really. <laughs> Wait and listen for next week. And we'll also be twittering what we're yeah, we'll, showing. We're going to tweet a photo of it from our upcoming Twitter account as well so the listeners can actually see pictures of what we're looking at. I tell you what as well, if you can actually find it, uh, once you've found it on eBay, if you ever find it on Amazon, we're actually going to be setting up a uh, Amazon affiliate store so we'll be able to oh, stock really? it on there for people to... Purchase should they wish. We'll, we will try our very best to do that. We can make money out of what we mock. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, but uh, guys, I just have to say, uh, it's such an uh, such an honour to have you guys uh, join in the family. And 
yeah. Sorry. No, no, that's cool. No, and um, I, uh, I have no doubt that you are going to take uh, the Deep Space Nine bracket uh, of podcasts by Storm and kick the Gamma Quadrant's ass. I hope so. Damn straight. Just do what we can. <laughs> yes. So uh, watch out, watch out, DS9 podcasts. Here comes the wilderness. Because you guys are going to flat out take take the world by storm. I hope so. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, even though, unfortunately, I couldn't be joined by uh, my regular Trekmate uh, co-hosts, but they've all listened uh, to a couple of bits that you've put together and loved what you've done. And we're all ecstatic to have you on board. Well, that's, that's really good to hear. We just... As I said earlier, just really glad to be involved. And hopefully we can live up to um, our height. Yeah. And now, yes. Now that you're part of the family, you have to stop by and uh, say hi on some of the other shows as well. Oh, absolutely! Say the word, and we'll be there. Excellent. The only thing is, we've got that bloody time zone problem. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work around it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's now 9 a.m. here. Yeah. That's <laughs> whatever time it is there for you. Midnight. <laughs> Midnight, not too bad. Not too bad. This is doable. Yeah, could have been a lot worse. So, uh, is there anything else that you guys want to uh, add before we sign off? Yes. Anybody who wants to send us a topic, as we said earlier, is welcome to. We're at wilderness1701 at Gmail, and you can follow us at wilderness1701 on Twitter. Plug. Shill. Plug and shill. Follow us. Send us emails. We we love to do your own. Would love to do topics that anybody wants to send us within reason. That's the thing. Uh, I I want no, you to. Uh, yeah, I, I want you to discuss Keiko. Oh, Keiko O'Brien. Yeah. I know exactly which episode we can do for that one as well. Okay. Is, it, is it one where she's a whiny bitch? That, no, it's the one where she gets taken over by the par race. Yeah. See, that's the one episode where she's interesting. Exactly, that's why it's the one we're going to do when we talk about Keiko. I mean, she'll get ripped off in other episodes. Oh, yeah. And we've got we've got a special special treat for every time we see Morn. We're not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to listen to the pod. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to when you discuss Morn because Morn is just one of them characters. I love that it, all they go on about is how chatty he is. But then... say a word for seven years. I love it. Uh, and I think personally, he's used in such a fantastic way. He really is. Ah, so he is fantastic. Okay then, guys. So if you want to listen to uh, Trekmate in the Wilderness, you have to uh, set up your new RSS feed. You can go to uh, trekmate.org.uk, uh, click on our podcasts, and down there is a brand new selection for Trekmate in the Wilderness. Please. Yeah. Please listen. So uh, make sure that you go over there and uh, download the uh, uh, RSS feed. Uh, also, you'll be able to find the guys over on iTunes and on Stitcher as well. Yeah, you guys are going to be hard to avoid. We're going to be everywhere. Yay. Stitcher, it's smart radio. What is it? <laughs> I knew the bottom line. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. You've, you've already won brownie points for any <laughs> Stitcher fanatics out there. 
Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, uh, and also you can uh, check out uh, like more information about the guys by checking out our uh, cr- uh, our crew page on the main Trekmate website as well. So for now, I just uh, want to uh, wish you guys uh, the best of luck, and I'm looking forward to uh, listening to what you guys put out there each week. Thanks, mate. Much Thanks, appreciated. Friend. So, uh, this is Wayne Emery saying good night. This is JD saying good morning. <laughs> and Ben saying good night. You've been listening to Trekmate in the Wilderness, a Trekmate podcast. For more information, visit trekmate.org.uk. That's trekmate.org.uk. Email wilderness1701 at gmail.com. That's wilderness1701 at gmail.com. And thanks for joining us for Trekmate in the Wilderness. We cannot ignore the truth about the past. Right here in the wilderness.